Hello, friends, and welcome to the Home Wrecker Podcast. No, we're not a podcast about adultery, although that might be a fun one to do. Not with us, obviously, but... <laughs> like, where are we going with this? <laughs> but huh? instead, we are a show where we wreck and shatter conventional wisdom and ways of thinking by bringing alternative viewpoints and different subjects to light in an attempt to not only change the thoughts and feelings most people accept as reality, but to shatter and obliterate them completely. <laughs> I am the Golden Greek, Alex Arion. I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing wife, the lovely Monique. Hi. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm great. I'm trying to figure out where I was going with that adultery thing, but I don't know. When you hear homewrecker, that's typically what that is in reference to, so I thought I'd toss that little nugget in there. Could just be a, like we could be physical homewreckers, <laughs> like going in and trashing people's well, that's houses. That's true. Yeah. We could be, we could be walking with sledgehammers. Like literal. <laughs> beating, breaking stuff and what have you, but anyway... So what's new with you? How are you doing? What's uh, what's going on? I am good. I have my YouTube, which people can check out, Monique Pliakis, CHT. Uh, check it out. I have uh, a good amount of videos up. I have more coming up, and I have plans to have guests on as well. Clients have hypnotized and other alternative healers and getting their viewpoints of things. So have some fun things coming up. How about you, my wow. dear? Wow. Yeah. How about me? Yeah. What's new with me? Yes. Uh, not a whole heck of a lot. Not a heck of a whole hell of a lot. You've been drumming. Yeah, but then so I've been doing that. But just just me. It's not like I'm in a band or anything like that. No, but you're playing your drums. I am, and it's fun. What a, what a heck of an hour. I started writing, too. Yes. Like, really writing again. And I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. No, it's awesome because I've been pushing for him. I'm like, you need to write a memoir. I want you to write a memoir from like the very beginning, from your life and your childhood, all the way through your wrestling career and just everything. No holds barred, just everything. Just put it all out there. I, Fuck everyone's feelings. <laughs> Who cares what? like what people might think about it? Just pour it out. It, yeah, and... Yeah, you've been after me for a while to do that. And it's something I always like kind of thought about doing. But you're not the only person that's ever told me that. I've had a couple of people tell me that. Like, you should write a book. Write a book about everything. I'm like, ah, is it really that exciting and interesting? And then when I'm sitting and I actually start writing, I'm like, you know, I actually have had, had some pretty interesting things, yes. I think. And I've done some pretty interesting things I, I or that I think people might find interesting. We'll see, whatever. But that's what I'm working on now. So we'll see when that's completed. It's it's I'm not a, a very fast typer yet. Uh, I, I'm working on it, obviously. Uh, I didn't learn to type with all the fingers until 
well, like two years ago. Yeah. And, and so I was always the the two finger, you know, looking at the keyboard. I got pretty good at that, pretty pretty quick, but not nearly as quick as I am when you you know you use your all your hands, all your fingers. I call so, that the Tyrannosaurus typing when you see people with <laughs> yeah. like the two fingers and they're just like there you go. hitting buttons because yeah. it reminds me of like a Tyrannosaurus Rex the way the hands are and yes. the little claws and just do do do. Yeah, I never, I never had the good posture when I when I would type like that. I'd always be hunched over and you know doing yeah. So yeah, glad I'm not doing that anymore. But yeah, I'm still not as as quick as I'd like to be. So where it, it may take me, I I don't, I don't know words permitted or anything like that, but. I could sit for an hour and, and bang out three or four pages. I don't know if that's good or not. But you're also collecting thought as well. So it's I am. Not I'm like trying. To, I'm really typing. It's funny. Yeah, stuff that I hadn't thought about in, in a long, long time. But it, it it's it, it comes back. It's like, oh yeah, then this happened. This it's like, whoa, shoot, you know, wow, I've had some crazy stuff. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, maybe maybe someday that that's the tease. Maybe someday I'll I'll put it out there and you can take a look for yourselves. Yeah. Maybe we'll yeah. see. I get to read it though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're you have an audience of one right now, or two, I guess, if I count myself. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's cool. And that's, I just want to. That's oh, it though. No, yeah. that's it really. I was gonna say for our watchers, the kitty on my lap. This is the one who howls. So whenever you hear like the caterwauling yeah. in the background, she's on my lap right now. So hopefully. She'll stay there. Hopefully she stays there quiet. the duration of the show. Yeah. I'm trying to pet her, like, stay on my lap. Don't wander <laughs> around and holler at us. Yeah. yeah. I want to mention, I want to give a shout out to Jen W. Because she sent us a message through our website regarding last week's episode, The Beast of Bray Road. And this is what Jen said. I'm listening to your Beast of Bray Road episode. I grew up a few miles from Elkhorn, Wisconsin, and have heard many people talk about it. To my knowledge, it's never attacked a person. Bray Road is a short residential farm road that you have to purposely go to. Thanks for your show. I enjoy it. So thank you so much, Jen. Thanks, Jen. I had question, like, does anyone have any information about it? Like, share your stories or your thoughts. So right there, as far as she knows, that animal, that beast, creature, whatever it is, never attacked anybody. Just proving my point yet go. again is it could it really be evil or demonic if it never attacked anybody? I, I I still think it's probably some something you know maybe just a, some maybe maybe it's an undiscovered wildlife species, species yeah. or something and and it's just it's just it's like any other wild animal it's as scared of us as we are of of them yeah. well for the most part. Not all of them are like that, but maybe it just that's wants what to it do is, its yeah. thing. Yeah, could could be, or it, or yeah. But yeah, shout uh, out to Jen. Anyway, thank you, thank we you, love Jen. You. Appreciate that. And, and anybody else, yeah, reach out to us. We we love to to hear from people, and uh, you know we always try to communicate back whenever we can. But if we get an email like that, we'll we'll definitely read it yeah. and share it. So absolutely, yeah. So uh, for today's episode, yeah. Do you want to get into anything else before we touch on this episode? Uh, I was going to go into a rant about something else, but I, I, I'll save it. I, I'm not really. You don't want to go on your rant? No, nah, I don't really want We got rid of a, 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 a service provider yes. that we've had in the area for the longest time. And, and I, I, if I, I'm, it's going to put me in a bad mood if I start talking about it. 
Uh, but we, we changed our internet, so we have yes. better and faster internet for a lot less cheaper yes. than what we were paying before. And so we did a we did an episode called I Always Feel Like Somebody's Watching Me. Yeah. And we read over user agreements. And this was one of the companies that we did the user agreement for. Yeah. So and they were basically like, we can spy on you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I looked at the user agreement for this new company that we're with and, and uh, they're called Fidium, uh, Fidium Fiber. So it's fiber internet service, very fast uploads and download speeds. And I read through their stuff and nothing like that at all. Nothing shady, nothing. It was very, very cut and dry. All stuff that you would think should be in terms and services and, and conditions and things like that. Uh, so yeah, much much happier with the with this change that we made. So I'm not even gonna mention the other company or, or any of the, that other stuff because again, like I said, if I get into it, I'll get in a bad mood. So we'll just move on from there. But yeah, uh, always always look at at that kind of stuff. Look at the fine print, and we're gonna get to some of that today. Oh, yeah. So I guess we can get right into it now if you want to. Yeah, I'll uh, give you the notes. If you oh boy, if you, my if pages you'd like of to notes. Go ahead and tell everybody this was your idea. So okay, so let me bring up and how a great idea. I think. Thank you. Um, listening to different podcasts, listening to people on social media, um, where they're talking about patience. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. People getting sick, being in the hospital, and there's a lot of concern for being a patient. And am I going to be listened to? And I've heard people on podcasts and read it on social media where they say that, oh, in certain states, doctors can override a, what the patient wants because the law says so. And I was like, okay, well, we need to figure out what states do this. Like, who allows this to happen? Because that's kind of messed up. And so I did some digging. And here's the thing. I wanted to do this episode as telling people what state this can happen in and going over like being aware of your rights as a patient. And I did a lot of reading. And I'm going to be honest, I really don't like reading, especially anything when it comes to laws, because it seems like the government, when they put laws out for people, they don't space anything. They have it all condensed and it's so difficult to read. It, I swear they do it on purpose. They're like, we don't want you to understand this stuff. Just, just, yeah, it's, don't, don't bother. I, I, I think they've always been written that way. And what it, what it is, is just uh, the way that our the education system has, and, and through the past couple of generations, you haven't been educated on laws. You haven't been educated in how to read them or anything like that. A hundred years ago, actually probably even more than that, before the education system it turned into what it, what it is now and what it's devolved into, People knew how to how to read, write. They they knew their rights. They knew these kind of things. It was it was when that generation starting in the early nineteen hundreds when they started to essentially turn public schools into factory worker training grounds. It's essentially what they were. They were, they were they were training people how to work in factories because the industrialists needed people to work in their factories because. Be, Nobody would go to work in the factories because everybody was fine with one pair of shoes, one pair of pants, one shirt, and they were happy. It was when they these industrialists came in and, and, and 
essentially changed the landscape and they needed people to work. They needed people to buy their goods. So they needed to re-educate the society and the people. And that's why we are what we are now. So people before knew their rights. They knew the laws. They were on top of these kind of things. Over time, again, that that's changed. So you're looking at it going, I don't know what the, what the hell this is. They must do it on purpose. No, it's always been like that. And if you All actually I'm know, is a space bar goes a long way, just in between sure, each thing, just sure. using one space. But but the 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 system that we all bitch and complain about is actually, if you really look into it and and know how to use it, it's actually to our benefit. There are so many safeguards in place that are in the favor of the people, but the people need to know how to use them. And if you're ignorant to it. Nobody's going to show you how Mm -hmm. you need to know how to navigate it. And that's why you have corrupt judges, attorneys and and this and that. And that's why we're in the mess we're in because nobody understands or understands and knows their rights. Mm -hmm. And so today you came up with the idea that wouldn't it be good to know your medical rights? Maybe people, we should ask people, do you know your medical rights? And then go into a couple of things that maybe you should be aware of before you go into the hospital or yeah. go in for a procedure or something. And, and I want to say this isn't us shitting on doctors, nurses, hospitals, no, anything like that. This is just, we're going to share some of our own personal experiences, some experiences people we know went through, um, and just what I was able to find. So what I was hearing was a lot of people cited the CARES Act, which is the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, as the catalyst for these legal changes. So we wanted to see where in writing it said that. Because if people are saying, oh, doctors can do what they want because the law says so because of the CARES Act, well, that should be somewhere. But here's the thing. I couldn't find anything in my research. I couldn't find anything that specifically stated Doctors don't have to listen to patients. I read through the CARES Act bill. Unbelievable. It was long and dry and confusing. Um, And I didn't say anything, again, that doctors could disregard patient rights. But I did find information that might allow it to seem that way. So I thought, first, well, let's look. What is the patient bill of rights? Did you know there's a patient bill of rights? I wasn't really aware of it. So (laughs) the initial patient's bill of rights was established in 1973 by the American Hospital Association, AHA. It was then revised in 1992 to include additional rights and better define the details of all patient rights. So I'm going to read the American Hospital Association patient bill of rights. These rights can be exercised on the patient's behalf by a designated surrogate or proxy decision maker if the patient lacks decision making capability, is legally incompetent, or is a minor. Number one, the patient has the right to considerate and respectful care. Okay. It's pretty reasonable. Yes. Two, the patient has the right to and is encouraged. I'm sorry, I'm going to reread that. The patient has the right to and is encouraged to obtain from physicians and other direct caregivers relevant, current, and understandable information concerning diagnosis, treatment, and prognosis. So you have the right to 
ask your doctor to give you info on what kind of care they're giving you? Yes. Great. So again, seems pretty... Pretty logical. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Except in emergency... Number three. Except in emergencies when the patient lacks decision-making capacity and the need for treatment is urgent, the patient is entitled to the opportunity to discuss and request information related to the specific procedures and or treatments the risks involved, the possible length of recuperation, and the medically reasonable alternatives and their accompanying risks and benefits. So essentially, as long as it's not like you're unconscious, you just got hit by a truck, and they're trying to just keep you alive. If I go in the hospital and something's going on, they need to tell me what's going on. I can ask questions, go over the risks of everything. What else can I do? All right. Again, makes sense. Fair Number enough. four, patients have the right to know the identity of physicians, nurses, and others involved in their care, as well as those involved, as as well as when those involved are students, residents, or other trainees. That seems pretty logical too, and and, and I I can say, going into doctor's appointments and things like that, anytime there's like a nurses, like a, a student or something, they would tell you and they would ask you. Mm-hmm. Do, are you okay with that or what? And you, I mean, you, you have the option to say no, but I was, was like, you yeah, whatever. It's yeah. fine. People gotta <laughs> they got to learn. They got to learn, right? Mm-hmm. Number five, the patient has the right to know the immediate and long-term financial implications of treatment choices insofar as they are known. And that's a big one because yeah. a lot of times people, especially now they can't afford treatment, but you have the right to say, how much is this going to cost me? And be given that information. Yeah. Uh, again, and it happens a logical. lot. You go places and they just want to do stuff here, sign, sign. And you got to like pump the brakes and say, well, wait a minute. I need an estimate of how much all of this is going to cost me. It, it's okay. Like nobody should feel embarrassed or intimidated to say that. Yeah. And I think, again, that's one of the things that uh, I'll try to keep it brief. That's one of the things that people forget is that they have the right to ask questions. Hello. Oh, I'm going to get into all of that. <laughs> so, so, so do it. Number six, the patient has the right to make decisions about the plan of care prior to and during the course of treatment and to refuse a recommended treatment or plan of care to the extent permitted by law and hospital policy and to be informed of the medical consequences of this action. In case of such refusal, the patient is entitled to other appropriate care and services that the hospital provides or transfer to another hospital. The hospital should notify patients of any policy that might affect patient choice within the institution. All right. So far, so good. Number seven, the patient has the right to have an advanced directive, such as a living will, healthcare proxy, or durable power of attorney for healthcare, concerning treatment or designating a surrogate decision maker with the expectation that the hospital will honor the intent of that directive to the extent permitted by law and hospital policy. Healthcare institutions must advise patients of their rights under state law and hospital policy to make informed medical choices. Ask if the patient has an advanced directive and include that information in patient records. 
the patient has the right to timely information about hospital policy that may limit its ability to to implement fully a legally valid advanced directive. So if you have something like that going on, it's their job to make it known, like give you enough time to, to know if that can actually be done or not. Yeah. Number eight, the patient has the right to every consideration of privacy, case discussion, consultation, examination, and treatment should be conducted so as to protect each patient's privacy. Seems pretty reasonable. Huge. Number nine, the patient has the right to expect that all communications and records pertaining to his or her care will be treated as confidential by the hospital, except in in cases such as suspected abuse and public health hazards when reporting is permitted or required by law. The patient has the right to expect that the hospital will emphasize the confidentiality of this information when it releases it to any other parties entitled to review information in these records. So this is where, you know, we start to wonder, okay, well, if it's regarding public health hazards, look at what's happened in the past couple of years and how they try to throw that around as a public health hazard. Yeah. Number 10. The patient has the right to review the records pertaining to his or her medical care and to have the information explained or interpreted as necessary, except when restricted by law. And I will tell you, working in a doctor's office, they don't want to give you all of your records. They want to, they, it's kind of a pain in the ass to do it. But if you go to like your doctor's office or you go to the hospital and say, I want all my records, you are absolutely entitled to your records. But they're going to try to, a lot of places will try to make you jump through hoops to get it. And they're going to be like, oh, well, we only, you only need this or this. But if you say, nope, I want everything. They have to do it. Yes, they do. So don't let them try to bully you into thinking like, oh, I guess I don't need all my records. You are the patient. You have a right to know and have access to all of your records. That's absolutely true. Yes. I, I think before we go on anymore, mm-hmm. though, why don't we just pause for a quick moment? Okay. Take a quick break. We'll come back because there's, I, I didn't realize how many. Well, uh, I'm almost done. I think I only have do, one more of this. Do, okay. Uh, do all right. Well, we'll keep going then. Okay. Hold on. To. I only That's, have a few more of these. Oh, no. Okay. I was like, where did I leave off? Okay. Has the right to review records. Okay. So we only have a few more and then we'll do that. So the patient has the right to expect that within its capacity. Did I? I didn't read this one. Did I? 11? Here, I'm getting confused now. The patient, number 11, the patient has. We'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break. Fine. Hearers, watchers. Home records. Like what you're hearing or watching so far and want even more home record content? Then check us out on Supercast, where you can get more exclusive bonus content starting for as little as $5 a month. You'll get more of the content you love and also have access to exclusive episodes, listener requested shows, watch alongs, AMAs, plus special deals on Homewrecker Podcast merchandise and more. Visit homewreckerpodcast.supercast.com to sign up or click the link in our show notes. We really appreciate your support. We do. So hit pause and go check out homewreckerpodcast.supercast.com right now. Or click the link in the show notes. Thanks. Thanks. 
All right, and we're back, and now you know where you left off, yes? yes? I apologize for that. Okay, right. number 11. The patient has the right to expect that within its capacity and policies, a hospital will make reasonable response to the request of a patient for appropriate and medically indicated care and services. The hospital must provide evaluation, service, and or referral as indicated by the urgency of the case. When medically appropriate and legally permissible, or when a patient has so requested, a patient may be transferred to another facility. The institution to which the patient is to be transferred must have accepted the patient for transfer. The patient must also have the benefit of complete information and explanation concerning the need for, risks, benefits, and alternatives to such a transfer. So far, this is all like common sense stuff that doesn't seem like there should be any issue with any of this Mm -hmm. stuff. Number 12, the patient has the right to ask and be informed of the existence of business relationships among the hospital educational institutions and other healthcare providers or payers that may influence the patient's treatment and care. Shall I read that again? The patient has the right to ask and be informed of the existence of business relationships among the hospital, educational institutions, and other healthcare providers or payers that may influence the patient's treatment and care. Wow. That's a biggie. That's a that's a big one. And and do you think if you went in and you asked that question to somebody that was maybe about to perform surgery on you for something, do you think they would know? Do you think the lay person working in the hospital, the nurse or or even the doctor, do you think they would have that information? Do you think they would know? I don't know. I don't know if they would. I'm sure they they'd obviously they would have to get it for you, but I don't we're, think we're going to share some know. stories any, like about asking, so asking for information and the, the response we got. But number 13, the patient has the right to consent to or decline to participate in proposed research studies or human experimentation affecting care and treatment or requiring direct patient involvement and to have those studies fully explained prior to consent. A patient who declines to participate in research or experimentation is entitled to the most effective care that the hospital can otherwise provide. I could go in so many ways with that one alone right there Mm -hmm. in relation to what's happening right now. But I'm going to just, I'm going to allow you to just ruminate in that one. Just, just let that one sink in a little bit. The right to consent or decline to participate in proposed research studies or human experimentation. Holy shit. Yeah. Do you know your rights? Number 14, the patient has the right to expect a reasonable continuity. Continuity. Thank you. Continuity of care when appropriate and to be informed by physicians and other caregivers of available and realistic patient care options when hospital care is no longer appropriate. And number 15, the patient has the right to be informed of hospital policies and practices that relate to patient care, treatment, and responsibilities. The patient has the right to be informed of available resources for revolving disputes. Resolving. Oh, sorry. For resolving disputes, grievances, and conflicts such as ethics committees, patient representatives, or other mechanisms available in the institution. The patient has the right to be informed of the hospital's charges for services and available payment methods. Seems like that they kind of went over that twice. But yeah. 
but that's cool. So I, I think we'll we'll post a link that a link to those in our show notes so people can take a look at those for themselves. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't even be a bad idea to maybe print them out, have them on hand in case you do need to go to the hospital or the doctor's office or anything like that. Well, so that's for the hospitals. That's just for hospitals, so right? So then there's the AAPS, okay. the Association of American Physician and Surgeons, and they have their own little patient bill of rights. Now, is that in a is something that's in addition to the other one or is well, this completely I think- separate? The, the hospital, the AHA, is for hospitals. So the AAPS is for physicians and surgeons. So that, to me, seems more private practice. All right. So this is what there says. All patients should be guaranteed the following freedoms. And I just want to say should be, not shall be. Because when you're having this kind of you're looking language, at legal language, legal yes. language, shall means like you have to do it no matter what. When you say should, that means you should do it. You don't necessarily have to, and there are exceptions, but you should. So I, I just want to emphasize that. But remember, too, this is these are physicians, right? Yes. So the legalese, what legal power or, or rights do they have over you as a patient? You know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to get into a lot of this. So... I just want to get through. Sure. uh, Yeah. Let's go through here. So this patient bill of rights from the Association of American Physician and Surgeons says all patients should be guaranteed to the following freedoms to seek consultation with the physician. I'm sorry, to seek consultation with the physician. I can't say it. Physicians. Physician. I don't know why I can't say it. Physician or physicians. Of their choice. Next. To contract with their physicians on mutual Mutually agreeable terms. Number three, to be treated confidentially with access to their records limited to those involved in their care or designated by the patient. Number four, to use their own resources to purchase the care of their choice. Next, to refuse medical treatment even if it is recommended by their physician. Then to be informed about their medical condition, the risks and benefits of treatment and appropriate alternatives. To refuse third-party interference in their medical care and to be confident that their actions in seeking or declining medical care will not result in third-party imposed penalties for patients or physicians. Mm. And to receive full disclosure of their insurance plan in plain language including contracts a copy of the contract between the physician and healthcare plan and between the patient or employer and the plan incentives whether part the participating physicians are offered financial incentives to reduce treatment or ration care cost the full cost of the plan including copayments coinsurance and deductibles coverage benefits covered and excluded including availability and location of 24-hour emergency care Qualifications, a roster and qualifications of participating physicians, and approval procedures, authorization uh, authorization procedures for services, whether doctors need approval of a committee or any other individual, and who decides what is medically necessary. Referrals, procedure for consulting a specialist and who must authorize the referral. Appeals grievance procedures for claim or treatment denials, and lastly, gag rule, whether physicians are subject to a gag rule preventing criticism of the plan. 
So that's interesting. Hmm. And what I want to, I want to bring up, yeah, I want to bring up a story that happened to me because one of the things was, as I hit the mic, that was brought up is um, that the patient can basically pay, choose what they want to do in terms of care. They can use their own resources to purchase the care of their choice. So I'm going to share a story. I went to my doctor's office years ago for my shoulder. I was dealing with shoulder pain for a couple years and I was finally like, okay, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to see a doctor. And I switched to a location for like the general, like primary care. They have different offices. I switched to somewhere a little closer to me and cause my doctor was gone. She moved away. So I got a nurse practitioner I chose somebody. I'm like, okay, this, they're available. Good enough, right? Mm-mm. So I tell her about the pain I'm experiencing. And at this point, our insurance, like everything was paid. So like there were no co-payments that we had to do. And I had money. Ah, the good old days. Yeah. The, and I had cash. So I had said that I want to do diagnostics. I want to figure out what is wrong with my shoulder. I don't want to take pills. Don't just throw stuff at me for treatment. Let's figure out the root cause of what's going on. Let's do some diagnostics first. And she looked at me like a total fucking cunt douchebag. And I say that with so much disrespect to her because she fucking sucks. Wow. Oh, yeah. Pissed me off. She looks at me like the biggest fucking twat and goes, well, why would I do that when the MRI is just going to tell me you have tendinitis? the fuck? Did you just fucking say that to me? I'm like, I got fucking cash on hand to pay for this stuff. And you're saying no? Like it's a bother? I want to be like, I'm so sorry. I didn't see your crystal fucking ball anywhere. Like I, I was pissed off. But did you say that? No, (laughs) because I was so mad. I was like, if I go off, I'm going to fucking lose it on her. So I figured I'm just going to keep my shit together and not incite a riot at the doctor's office. But this is the kind of stuff that we as patients put up with. There are some amazing doctors and nurses and people who really care. But then there are people who don't give a fuck. And if they're inconvenienced by something, they will let you know it and they will take it out on you. And unfortunately, I know we have experienced that with medical care providers and it it sucks because it's like, I have a right to ask about other options. I have a right to choose other kinds of treatment if I can pay for it. So just because my insurance may not cover it, if I say I have the cash on hand and want to do it, I have that right. And I have a right to know what's wrong with my body before you try to throw treatment unnecessarily at me. And so it's really important. I I was like, I'm not dealing with her anymore. I I didn't see her again. I found somebody different. That's your right. That is my right. When I started seeing a naturopath, that's when I really started getting better. But it's so important to, to not allow yourself to feel intimidated going to doctors. Um, One thing that, I try to like tell people is like, I know my body. 
I've been living in my body over 40 years now. I know my body. And I'm not saying that I know better than somebody who's more educated in something when it comes to health and how bodies work. But I know when something is wrong, I know in my, like my, I know, and I can tell. And to be written off like it's tendinitis and what apparently part of it was, was um, the way where the stuff is in my shoulder and my clavicle, it, I move it a certain way and it pushes down and compresses on a nerve. So to, again, to feel so written off that me wanting to heal myself doesn't matter, isn't worthy of diagnostics. It's insulting. And so I just want to tell people like, don't, you don't have to put up with that. I'm not saying you got to knock the bitch out, but just, okay, I'm going to go somewhere else because that is your right. So what happened with your shoulder? Did it end up being tendonitis? No. What was it? I just said, it's like a nerve gets compressed. Okay. I don't know if there was like a medical diagnosis or anything. Like I forget actual... what it's called. Okay. But yeah, like a nerve gets compressed. Like there's a few things like with my neck and my shoulder, but it's like multiple different things. So, but it kind of all affects the same area. So moving on, the next thing I wondered is when can the government override a patient's medical decision? And this is what I found. If you're a parent, the doctor, excuse me, let me try that again. If you're a parent and the doctors disagree with your decision of care for your child, the government is allowed to override patient, I'm sorry, parents' medical decisions when, and this is according to the Legal Resource Library, the medical community is in agreement about the best treatment where the expected outcome is a relatively good quality of life. If the child is at risk of serious harm, if the patient I'm sorry, if the child would die without the treatment or if a parent is refusing consent. Right there, if a parent is refusing consent, the the government can step in and say, oh, no, no. And and that's where I have issue because. Well, I I think that if you look, though, at the, the things previous to it, if the child is at risk of serious harm, the government can step in. Yeah. If the child is at risk of, uh. Would die without treatment. Would the die without treatment. Can they in. can step in. So, it, or if a parent is refusing consent, so maybe that be maybe uh, the parent. Uh, I'm giving you a hypothetical, but where this would make sense, uh, say uh, they have a religion where they're very holistic. They don't want any surgery. They don't want anything to do with doctors. But they get in a car accident. Mm-hmm. the The family is all unconscious and they're rushed to the hospital. People that take them there don't know what their beliefs are, their religious beliefs are, their spiritual beliefs. Hold on. Consent. They come to the child. The parents come to, they're okay. They're cognizant. They're aware. They're conscious. They can make decisions. They can speak. And they say, we don't want the medical procedure for our child who unfortunately is mortally wounded and could be saved with the procedure, we don't want it because we don't believe in it. Leave if 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 it's his time to go, it's his time to go. And the doctors at that point, yeah, they can get the government to step in or whatever, but and that, they can. That's what I think that means. I get it, but you that can be used in any way. A parent is refusing consent, so let's look at let's look at taking taking the juice, the drink. If I don't consent, the government can step in. 
that's not a medical procedure. It's an experimental procedure. True. It is an experimental so, procedure. And that's that's but, not up, but, up for debate. But where is that line? You know, when it comes to that last one, a parent refuses consent. Where is that line? At, at I what think, point? I, I Obviously, we don't know because mm-hmm. that's... A, that's but I'm just I think saying it's, it's a case. To be it's a case of. by case basis. It's something to be aware of. But yeah. I don't think that it means what you're thinking it means. You're taking it to a sinister level. And if anybody, if anybody but it would do state that, otherwise, it does not. But I also don't think that that is what it's meant for. Well, and again, this is just what I found. I don't know if there's more information that I was unable to find out there. But based off that alone, all I'm saying is do your own research. Um, So we say about everything all the time. So what about adults making decisions for themselves, right? What about it? Let's hear. This is what you need to do. You need to look out. (laughs) This this is the part where, yeah. yeah. For (laughs) voluntary waived consent, because this is how they screw you. Yes. So let me share a little bit about in our area, when you go to a doctor's office. What is voluntary waived consent? Okay. Well- Voluntary way of consent is when you go to a hospital or a doctor's office and they have you sign something and it's this paperwork usually to treat you, but it also adds in there in the fine print, you waive your rights. So however they want to put your it, rights you what? waive your rights as a patient. Waiving so, your rights to your consent. Yes. Yeah, you gotta be, you're talking about legal rights and things. You gotta, you gotta say it. Okay. You gotta word it properly. They're waiving your rights for your consent. So they usually sneak this into the paperwork. So here in New Hampshire, so if I go to urgent care, they have these little electronic boxes and a little pen and they have you sign your name. So you go in there, you're checking in, they get your information. It's like an e-signature kind yes. of thing. And they'll say, okay, I just need you to sign your name in that box. The first thing we're going to have you sign is that you're responsible for any billing not covered by your insurance. Sign here. And then you sign. Okay, the next thing is you're giving consent for the doctor to treat you. Okay, sign here. But here's the thing. They don't give you anything to read they just tell you what that is yeah so you there's have this small print that you can scroll through and read no not at not at these places like urban okay. care okay. it's anyway. just a box they don't give you anything they're just verbally telling you so you have to say before i sign anything i need to read exactly what i'm signing and ask for a printout of it now sometimes they'll have it like laminated and they'll just hand it to people but they need to give you a copy. It is so important to read what you sign your name to. Well, they're not going to give it to you if you don't ask. No, they're not going to give it to you if you don't ask. So I want to share a story about giving consent for something and reading what you sign your name to because I was at the doctor's office. They were doing um, contrast in my shoulder when they were doing diagnostics. And I had to sign a form consenting to it. I go in the, in the little room where they're getting to the procedure and the nurse comes in. She's like, okay, I just need you to sign here so we can do the procedure. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm reading it. She's like, you just have to sign it. And I stop and I look at her, I go, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to sign my name to anything unless I know what I'm agreeing to. And she got so annoyed. She's like, well, it's just saying that we can do this. I go, that's great, but I'm still going to read it. Do you mind? Like, back the fuck up. 
Like she was like right on me. And I just looked at her like, we got a problem? And she left. So I read it. I wanted to make sure I understood what I was agreeing to. And that's why I think it's so important if you're given a hard time about something, if you feel like they're pressuring you or bullying you, all the more reason to stand up for yourself and your kids, you know, if you're there for your kids. Absolutely. Before we get into any more stories, let me take a quick break oh, okay. and we'll come right back and we'll share all kinds of fun stories. We'll be right back. Many people are unaware just how much hypnotherapy can help them or think it's only to help lose weight or quit smoking. But there is so much more hypnotherapy can do. It can help with stress, anxiety, insomnia, phobias, performance enhancement, connecting with your spirit guides and higher self. You can even discover past lives and your life between lives. Heal traumas, break habits, find your deepest truth, or just have fun discovering who you really are, all from the comfort of your home. I'm Monique Pliakis. I'm a certified hypnotherapist, and I want to help you. Schedule a free consult by going to www.innerstandingshypnosis.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-S-T-A-N-D-I-N-G-S-H-Y-P-N-O-S-I-S.com. Understandings Hypnosis. Find your power and ignite your inner light. We have returned. And I would like to hear some more of your awesome stories. Oh, no. I was just going to share about when our youngest was born. So when our youngest was born, I had a natural birth. And almost like it felt like minutes, like after like when they go to like clean him up and everything, like once we're done holding him and everything, they're like, okay, we want to give him a flu shot and a hepatitis, what was it? Hepatitis B shot? Yeah, hep B or shot. Or hep C shot. Something, and I'm just like, yeah. no, <laughs> like he doesn't need any of that. Like he was just born. I think we're good. And so then at uh, three days later, you go to the doctors with the baby and they just do an exam and it wasn't his regular pediatrician it wasn't the regular pediatrician wasn't the regular doctor and he was pushing for certain vaccines that we felt like no like why would we put this in our baby like and how would he get that yeah he's just born how would he he get this what does he need a hep b shot for what does he need a flu shot for i don't take a flu shot why would i give it to my son so alex asked for the insert of the vaccine he he was this guy was being uh, i'll take over if you don't mind no take over you go ahead and step in if i get any details wrong or forget anything he was being a dick when we were saying no we don't feel comfortable doing that right now and that was it that's all we said and he was pushing so I said, you know what? I'd like to know what what's in that thing that you want to put in my son. Could I see the insert, please? Because the last for my last child, I didn't get to see any of that stuff. I'd like to see because you know, for because for our other son, we waited till he was a little older to do any of that stuff. And so I said, I'd like to see the insert, please. And he said, You want to what? I'd like to see the insert. And so he he leaves. He comes back and he throws it at me. Literally threw, threw it, it at right him. at me. And I'm yes. like, and then he just turned around and left. And he was done. He was done with us at that point. Gotta love it. 
that 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 is that is a person. Unfortunately, we were talking about this a little before we we hit the record button here. Unfortunately, we started talking about well, not unfortunately we started talking about, but we started by you talking about we're not going to crap on doctors and nurses. That's mm-hmm. not what we're here to do because there are so many good ones. There are. Unfortunately, though, the medical profession tends to attract a lot of sociopaths. People that like to have power over other people and do not like to have their authority questioned. We ran into one in that particular mm-hmm. doctor's appointment for our, our, our infant child. I think throughout my life, I've run into quite a few and I've run into some amazing people work like who work at hospitals and doctor's offices. Oh, who yeah. It's like you're a freaking angel. Like some of these people who work in the medical field are freaking angels who just have big hearts and they care and they want to do what's right. But then you have the people who really don't. And it shows, I mean, my mom's been in the hospital a lot and just hearing some of the stories about the way she's been treated, which was unacceptable. And so there's always that thing. And then I think you have the people who really care and they think they're doing the right thing. And so when they try to bully, cause it's cause they're not trying to be jerks. They really think they're doing what's right by bullying you into doing something medically you're uncomfortable with. So I think there's a whole range of why people are the way they are. And we're just sharing some of the experiences we've had where we had to stand up for ourselves. We had to speak up because the sad truth is if you're not going to speak up for yourself, no one else is. No, of course not. And if you have somebody to go to these appointments with you or be with you at the hospital and help you with these decisions... That's huge because at least you have some backup. You have somebody on record who's witnessing stuff. And when you're going, getting information, whether it's at the doctors or the hospital, it's a lot of information and a lot can go over your head and it can be hard to remember everything. Nonetheless, think of questions about, okay, well, what about this and this? So it's always good to have somebody with you who, you know, obviously cares about you and has your best interest at heart. Yeah, a spouse, a parent. Yeah. Yeah, but you have to stand up for yourself. So I I also wanted to share the kind of sneaky stuff the CARES Act allowed to slide through. So the CARES Act has not only given funding to hospitals and doctors for certain things, like when they have patients with COVID, patients who are given treatment for it, and patients being put on ventilators, as well as when a patient dies and it's listed as due to COVID. The CARES Act also paved the way for Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services to waive certain rules, regulations, and standards, such as waiving requirements for hospitals and critical access hospitals to provide information about their advanced directive policies to patients, which include their rights as a patient. So that means what? That they... They, they don't now, have to tell they you. They don't have to tell you your rights. They don't have to tell you your rights. They if don't, you don't have to tell. If you don't know them, they don't have to tell you them. If you don't agree with me, I don't have to tell you that you can disagree with me. Here's another one. They waive anesthesia supervision requirements. That right there is scary. That's yeah, that's nuts. Now this one, this wave, the the rule that they waived was kind of confusing to me, so I wanted to share it. Removing 
a face mask in sterile compounding area with allowance to put it back on when leaving the area. So if you're working at a hospital and you have your face mask on, when you go into a sterile compounding area, you can take it off, put it in your pocket, do your thing. And then when you leave, put that back on. And I guess that was just confusing to me because if you're going into a sterile environment, you probably shouldn't be bringing something from outside a sterile environment and then putting back on. I don't know. It was confusing. The compounding area in a hospital. Now, again, I don't know this, but is this where they maybe mix medicines or get medicines? Yeah, they they compound medications together as far as I'm aware. uh, Now, (laughs) if if you believe everything that's going on, the face mask is supposed to protect you and this and that, right? Because whatever, whatever. You go into a sterile area. Now you take this off when there's this supposedly contagious, deadly pandemic going on. You could take this off now in a sterile environment and possibly get some of your spittle or whatever they say, how yeah, this thing, this imaginary novel thing uh, transmits and you can get that onto medication that's supposed to be sterile. And, but then you can go back and, and, and just put your mask on. I don't know. Maybe they have to put I, something I'm else on so, because it's sterile. My mind it's is just, just weird. blown by how illogical and irrational it all is. Yeah. So this one was weird. So if you happen to know, let us know. Cause yeah. I just thought it was weird. And I want to put it out there. Here's another thing they wave respiratory care services, Waiving requirements of hospitals to designate in writing the personnel qualified to perform specific respiratory care procedures and the amount of supervision required for personnel to carry out specific procedures. So they don't have to have that in writing anymore. So, so, and, and, and they don't have to tell you uh, if this particular person is, is qualified or, or needs to be supervised. They, they don't even have to do that. So like, hey, hey, uh, Paul. Paul, janitor, Paul, could you come here? We're 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 kind of short staffed. Could you put this guy over here on a ventilator, please? Oh, don't Is worry. that essentially like what can happen well, now? I, I, it and just, that's not an exaggeration. It makes it to me seem not that anyone can perform respiratory care, but to have to designate in writing the qualified personnel. That's there for a reason. So is it so you can let things slide by? That's of course, concerning. that's what it is. Now, Jeez. staff licensing. Staff licensure, certification, or registration to state law by waiving 42 CFR, and then it's like two S's underneath each other, 485.608 parenthesis D, regarding the requirement that staff of the critical access hospitals be licensed, certified, or registered in accordance with applicable federal, state, and local laws and regulations. And these are just a few of... What was so, in there? There was so, a whole lot. Yeah, but that right there. So staff licensing. So you don't have you to don't get licensed have have, or certified. Yeah, what? That gets weighed. Like I said, so hey, Paul, treat- Paul, can you put can you put him on a ventilator over here? That's scary. <laughs> what? Now, come on. So, I, all right. I, I mean, I don't want to get high, too hyperbolic or anything, but uh, essentially, the CARES Act is it's giving funding to hospitals. Okay. So this is and this is not. A conspiracy theory. This is fact. They get paid if you're admitted as a COVID patient, right? And what's the first thing they do when you're going to the hospital now? That you got to take a test, which has been proven. Uh, I'm, okay, I'm not. Gonna we're go not going to get into that. But they so they give you a test because they're hoping that it's going to show a positive because they get more money for you as a patient if you're admitted in there as a patient. Then they get additional money if they put you on a ventilator, which uh, unfortunately. 
if you get put on a ventilator, that's probably it for you. And so they get extra money for that. And then if a patient dies and it's listed as due to COVID, they get a, a, a more cash for that. And it's not like a couple hundred bucks. This is like thousands of dollars that the government has now incentivized mm-hmm. hospitals and medical yeah. care facilities to do these kind of treatments. So, yeah. I, I mean, what, it almost seems like the government is paying hospitals now to just kill you essentially that's i mean that's not being dramatic that's just kind of true so basically i just want to tell everyone listening do your own research don't take the word of podcasters or guests on podcasts don't take our word don't take whatever you read off the social media as truth do your own research find out for yourself going back to rights it is nobody's job to tell you your rights it is your job to learn and know your rights and to always make sure that they're not being trampled on. Because the fact that we're in the state that we are now as a country, uh, that we are in the state that we are in with everything going on, is because people are not aware of their rights. And you can tell those people that are aware of their rights, and you can tell those that are not. You can tell those that are just going along to get along because they don't know any better. Nobody is a bad person, I, I don't believe that they're, I mean, they're, they're bad people, but I, I believe that anybody that's going along to get along just doesn't know any better. And that again comes or down they don't to, care. or they don't care, but that again comes down to education. If you know your rights, you're probably going, you're going to be more likely to exercise your rights. Mm-hmm. But if you're ignorant to them, guess what? No one's going to smarten you up especially when they can just take advantage of you and roll over you and do whatever they Mm -hmm. want to you because you are not a person. You're not a human. You are a dollar sign. You're a figure. You are more money in their paycheck. And that's a sad reality, but that's just how it is. So know your rights. Like I said, we'll link up some of this stuff in our show notes to make it a little easier for you if you do want to go ahead and explore some of these things and learn some of these things. And this is just, we're talking about the hospital and going to the doctor. That's what this stuff is for. You got to know your constitutional rights. Yeah. You got to know your, your state laws. You, and that's a lot to know. But that's something that should just be common for everybody to know. That's what you should know. Yeah. I know. And the other part of that is know your rights and then have enough self-confidence to stand up for them. So if you're somewhere and somebody's violating your rights, if you're at the hospital and they're like, well, no, we're going to do this instead. Be like, no, I have rights as a patient. Now, it's, it's a good idea too. I'm sorry. Uh, it's a good idea too that if you are going in to the hospital for something, it's a good idea to have something in writing, mm-hmm. to have given a copy of it. Make sure you give a copy of it to the, uh, the admitting nurse. You give a copy of it for the doctor and you have, I, I guess now, I don't know if it's gotten any la- more lax at all or not, but they're, they're, they're not allowing still family members to go in with somebody that's being admitted into the hospital. So you need to make sure your family member is calling every day, yes. checking on you, checking on your care and, and make sure, again, you have all this in writing so that heaven forbid they go against your wishes. You could come down on these sons of bitches for doing so mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter what the government says or what these the, any of these other things that they they've tried to pass in there if you come in knowing what your rights are then they if they violate them they're in a 
world of shit. Yeah, but don't be so, afraid to stand up for yourself because you know I had not. a friend whose mom was in the hospital, and one of the nurses was like, "Well, why aren't you doing this treatment?" And she's like, "Well, because I decided with my as with my family, like it's not." the best course of action for me and the nurse was telling the woman well you're a grown woman you can make your own decisions like trying to push her against her will so anytime you come up against resistance somebody trying to push you into something you're not comfortable with or you already decided you're not going to do it stick to your convictions you made that decision not influenced by anyone else you made that decision for yourself for your family Stick to your guns. Don't let people push you around or bully you into something you don't want to do. Now, it's different if you say, well, I want more information. Let me learn and, you know, make a more educated decision. But if you've already done that and you've done the work and you realize that this thing isn't for you and somebody's trying to push it, just stick to your guns. Don't let them bully you. So, you know, there's a couple different aspects of this to try to navigate through all this stuff as a patient. But like I said, do your own research. Just be careful what you're signing. Yeah. Always be careful what you're signing. And that's the other thing too. The, the things you say, the, 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 the things you got to sign and mm-hmm. everything that they try to get you to do, you actually don't have to sign that. Mm-mm. You don't have to sign that. Nope. You can say, no, I'm not signing that. You absolutely have the right to refuse. <laughs> now, whether or not, and, and from my understanding, they do not have a right to refuse you. This may be a, a different uh, on a state-by-state state basis. I don't know. But I know here in New Hampshire, they don't have the right to refuse you if you say, and I'm not signing that. They can't refuse you care. You're, you're somebody that's there in need of medical care. They're, and I think that's, isn't that part of the Hippocratic Oath anyway? They have to provide you care and they figure out the payment and all that stuff later. Mm-hmm. But from that's my understanding. So, Yeah, hopefully you hopefully found this, this helps. helpful. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully this helps it's out. inspired you to do your own research. Yeah, I mean that, that that's that's one of the biggest things now uh, with with our children. I am trying to teach them early on and instill in them early on what their rights are, what rights are, who can and cannot infringe on their rights. Mm-hmm. Here's a here here's a spoiler: nobody can if you don't allow them to. Uh, so. Yeah, it's it's just it's important to try to get back if we can to learning our rights, knowing our rights, and making sure that damn it, we don't let anybody infringe on our rights. Nope. And I look at it like nobody's nobody is going to help you with this, but we're we're trying to help. We got to help each other out. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And 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 if you if you take this information and you do something great with it, and you want to pass it on, please pass yeah. it on pass it on so that other people can learn too. We need to start getting back into that trend of things. But we want to make sure the information's correct as well. So like if you know for a fact like something that I said that was I missed a part or you know let me know because I can only research with what I can find with what I have access to. So again, I don't know if there was anything I missed. Well, these are these are the laws that you pulled up, yeah, correct? Yes. Well, I the mean, Patient th- Bill of Rights. I, I mean, that's that's something that's pretty industry standard, right? Yes, but I'm just saying, like, was there something? Individual else? hospitals and things like that. Obviously, they have different policies. Yeah. So, but I'm just saying, like, if you have information, share it. Share it with yeah, us. Absolutely. Share it with others. Let us know. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, then, until next time. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for listening. We do appreciate it. We definitely hope you got something out of it. Thank you very much for spending your time with us. And uh, I'm the Golden Greek. Alex Arion, joined as always by my beautiful, lovely, 
gorgeous, amazing wife, the lovely Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast. We love hearing from and interacting with our hearers and watchers. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at HomewreckerPod. You can also visit our website, homewreckerpodcast.com, where you can check out past episodes and pick up some Homewrecker Podcast gear from our online store. Also, if you haven't already, please hit the subscribe or follow button wherever you're hearing or watching our show. That way you can be notified whenever a new episode drops. We're on all major podcasting platforms, and you can check out the video versions of our show at YouTube and Brideon. You can also find Monique in a few places online as well. I'm on Twitter, at underscore Monique Giselle underscore. If you're interested in a tarot reading, organite, incense, candles, and other cool things, you can go to my website, tarotbymonique.com. Or if you're interested in hypnotherapy, you can go to innerstandingshypnosis.com to schedule a free 20-minute consult. And follow me on Twitter, at Monique P-C-H-T. And Alex, how can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, at TheAlexArion. And you can check out my website, alexarionfitness.com. And if that's too much to remember, we get it. That's why we put it all in our show notes. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we appreciate all of your support. We do. Thank you. We love you.